Our doctor is in, and so are the doctors of Capital Health. Welcome to the all-new Health 411. Every Sunday morning at 10, Dr. Jonathan Karp, along with our respected panel of guests from Capital Health, take you on an important medical journey to help you navigate your health and the healthcare system. To reach your destination, good health. Health 411 is underwritten by Capital Health. Minds advancing medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology. 107.7 The Bronx. 107.7 The Bronx. Proudly nominated for National Association of Broadcasters 2019, 2021, and 2022 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station, as well as a winner of the 2023 IBS College Media Award for universities under 10,000 students. We are broadcasting from the Bronx Old Digital Studios on the campus of Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Welcome to Health 411. I'm your host, Professor Jonathan Karp. This Health 411 program is presented by Capital Health. In Health 411, we discuss a variety of issues affecting health and wellness, public health, healthcare policy, and the science of health and healthcare. Our goal is to expand your knowledge and perspective and to give you some things to talk about and to think about. Today, Dan Geller, our student producer, and I are going to have a conversation about what is called CAR, C-A-R, T-cell therapy. Have you heard of CAR T-cell therapy at all, Dan? I have, but but before uh, this episode, I hadn't really done any real research into it. Cool. So I take away from that, you did do some research. I did now, yes. So we'll have some things to think about. Um, so let's let's begin with what does CAR stand for? Besides a broom broom drive around. <laughs> chimeric antigen receptor. Chimeric antigen. So what is a chimera? So a chimera is like a a blending between two species, right? It's like a mix of genetic components from two different species. Yeah, it comes from like the or ancient two organisms. Greeks. Yeah, it comes from the like I think it's an ancient Greek thing where there were critters who had the um, from Greek mythology that had the head of a lion. Um, a serpent's tail and um, like a goat. I think it's a goat. A, goat? a, so, go- a goat's body. So are we doing therapy to goats with lion heads or what's no, going no, on? No, 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 no. Chimera here is the case where it's uh, creating sort of a mix of the proteins. So the way the way the I think the way that we'll introduce what these things are is we'll do just a basic overview. What is a T cell? What yeah, is the immune will, system? The immune system, and we'll do a little T cell overview and how T cells work, and then we'll discuss how the chimera is built mm-hmm. in in, in, in the cell theory. So I've been sort of doing. Um, Immunolo- the, uh, I've been sort of on the, the tangent of immunology for a, a while now. Mm-hmm. And about, uh, I wanted to do this topic because I want to say about 10, 15 years ago, I started seeing references to this thing, um, which was not something that I read about or knew about when I was like actively studying um, immunology or as a, as a grad student or a postdoc or anything like that or a, a, a new faculty member. I started seeing cases where people, this CAR T cell therapy was being used. Um, initially in children to, to some at least a, a great acclaim um, initially but to understand how it's working let's take just take a step back and, and talk about the immune system right when you hear the word immune system then what do you think about I guess it's the collection of entities within your body that's responsible for, for fighting off disease Wait, things what like do you that. mean like entities like well, little beings yeah, well I mean yeah, a cell is a living uh, thing well, I don't know if you'd call no, it a being no and these are not godlike creatures these are not mystical creatures oh I know that much. so so what there are what there are is your immune system is one of the systems that artificial 
division of things, systems and body, is there's a, it, it's made up of a bunch of cell types, mm-hmm. correct? Um, and a lot of these cells are sort of like, they come from the, the are bone marrow derived, hemopoietic cells. Um, and there's two basic families of them. They're, they're sort of, um, one is like a lymphocyte, like lineage of cells, like white blood cells. And there's the other like red blood, uh, uh, other kind of lineage. Um, within the lymphocyte lineage, there are things like B cells and T cells. The cells we're gonna be talking about here are the T cells, the CAR T therapy. Um, and within those T cells, depending on the environment that they're in, the cells can become um, you know, uh, T helper cells, regulatory T cells, um, uh, after antigen exposure, sort of memory T cells, but there's this other arm of like cytotoxic T cells, and, and that's sort of what we're we're talking about here. These so t- cytotoxic they, T cells, so so something that is harmful to cells, but your own body still produces them. Well, in in a sense, so what we're talking about here, sort of the arm of the immune system that is um, sort of a, a, a adaptive immunity. These cells are the kinds of things, as opposed to innate immunity, that we all have like skin, mucus, nonspecific barriers and things like that. So more like physical things. So what happens is, is that your immune system, it's designed to respond to things that the body has never encountered before. So it's sort of in a nutshell sort of thing, if some sort of virus or bacteria gets into your body, there are cells that are gonna gobble it up, right? There's gonna be these you know, antigen presenting cells that are gobble it up and they're gonna present bits and pieces of it on its cell surface. There are cells in your body that are gonna recognize it and then go lyse this, like these proteins and things that come from these foreign invaders. On the other side of that, your body has cells that are part of your body that are sort of normally there, and your immune system under normal conditions learns to avoid those cells, right? And does not attack them because they do not have these foreign proteins to them. So it kind so, of depends on what is on the surface of the cell yeah, that it, these immune antibodies can actually well, target. No, no, not, not antibodies, not, sorry. No, no, these are cells. Cells, these, these are like cells. This is even before the cells are gonna make. So if you have an like an, um, a, 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 a activated B cell that's going to make antibodies, that's a different kind of thing. We're not talking about right. antibody Right, so we're production. talking about direct T cell goes onto cell service receptor and lyses the cell. Well, not, not exactly, but sort of. Okay. So what happens is you have an arm of the immune system, these T cells, and there's the, there are these, the, these, the, these T cells that we're going to be talking about. Um, and sort of what they do is they um, recognize um, not just virally infected cells, but one of those kinds of cells that can sometimes recognize is cancer cells. Now, cancer cells have learned to evade them throughout the course of evolution. So for these T cells to recognize um, a cell as damaged, infected cancer, uh, it recognizes proteins that stick out of them. So for these T cells that we're talking about, this subset of T cells, for them to recognize, let's say, a uh, uh, a, 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 an infected or damaged cell, there are these MHC molecules, and MHC type one that they have to sort of recognize in association with other things that are on the cell surface. Um, and and the, T cell, the T cell receptor, which is on these lymphocytes, will bind to the MHC molecule, and it will start a cascade of um, um, release of chemicals that cause cell membranes to lyse. It can, introduce, it can, uh, it, it can start the process of cell death in an infected or a tumor kind of cell. And it does that through the secretion of cytokines. It does it for, um, you know, and there's all these these protein-protein interaction things that are happening. 
No, what happens in the case of these chimeric um, cells is the 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 T cell uh, receptor component of the lymphocyte, the proteins that are sort of sticking out are engineered, right? And so what if so you you're, wait? So you're taking white blood cells out of people, engineering well, them. You, well, 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 well we're, let's get to let, not normally. We're talking about a normal. A normally, okay. A norm, so you did do some reading, but you got to learn foreplay, dude. Right? So what we're doing is so under normal conditions, if you have a cell that is, let's say, a cancer cell, and, you, and the immune system is going to recognize it, there and so uh, tumors sometimes have downregulated their MHC, so cells, the T cells, to avoid this T cell receptor binding that will cause lysis, to cause the cells to die, and things like that. So what happens in this case is it's all about protein-protein interactions of things that are on the surface of like an infected or tumor cell, and are things that proteins are sticking out of these T cells, these cytotoxic T cells. And for normal binding, so if these things bind, the T cells get activated, they secrete things, they can do things to the tumor cells and actually start that kind of cell death. So it's all about cell-cell recognition. What happens in the case of these chimeric antigen cells, and you sort of alluded to the process of how people have learned how to make them, and we'll get to that in the next segment, but what happens is, is if you can identify the, a, the protein sequence, these proteins that are sticking out of, let's say, a cancer cell, and it, and it works apparently pretty well for some of these blood-borne tumors, and you can get these T cells to recognize these cancer cells where they would normally not recognize them as much because throughout evolution, these cancer cells have, have learned to hide some of these cellular protein markers to keep these cells away. So if you could create a receptor on, the, on T cells that's going to recognize a protein that's sticking out of a cancer cell, you could get these kinds of cells to recognize and in and sort of engineer the normal cascade of death that they would do that these cancer cells or bad cells, infected cells, have learned to avoid sort of the, the host's own immune system. And so the idea, we're gonna, we'll talk about how they, they sort of do this, um, but the idea is exactly what you alluded to, is if you could recognize a specific kind of protein on a cancer cell, you could take these cells, put it on, engineer it, and that's the chimera part because you, you, you can actually create um, receptors for the molecule, the protein of interest that's sticking out on these cells, put it onto a T cell. And if you put those T cells back into a person, the T cells might be able to attack the tumor and kill it. And there's actually been some success in that. And so there's also been some not so great success. I mean, there's some pretty nasty side effects and stuff of that. Well, the side effects, you call them side effects, well, they're but better, they're, they're, they're also indicative that the process is yes. working because when cells are dying, there's a whole lot of cascade of events. There's a whole bunch of things that happen and your body responds to it. And we'll try to talk about those things um, related to CAR T-cell therapies um, right after we take a break on Health 411 for some underwriting announcements. You are listening to 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all-new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. We're recording Health 411 from the Digital Bronx Studios. Welcome back. Dan and I are starting to have a conversation about CAR, T-cell therapy. And I probably did a very poor overview. <laughs> 
<laughs> of, of outlining um, T cells and stuff. Um, but the idea is that T cells are one cell in the, in the immune system and they can recognize um, cancer cells. And if they can recognize cancer cells, they can bind to them, stick to them and initiate a cascade um, that will hopefully kill these kind of tumor cells. Sounds pretty cool, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yep, pretty cool, pretty cool. It's one of the arms of the immune system. But we have these chimeric antigen receptor cells, these CAR T cells, and what we were saying, what ha if you can recognize the some of the proteins, um, and sometimes they're called CD, CD proteins, clusters okay. of determination, um, and, and one that has been recognized in a lot of um, um, uh, leukemia and uh, non-Hopkins uh, lymphoma um, is, is a protein called CD19, okay? And what that means is, is if you could get T cells to bind to CD19, the cells that are expressing that CD19 could, are gonna be targeted to die mm -hmm. by these T cells. Right, these sort of cytotoxic T cells. Um, I believe, going back in my memory, this is what, what we used to call in the old days CD8 positive okay, T cells. Okay, I that. Yeah, so these, I mean, it's not like the cells are new. I mean, there's been a whole, there's you know, years and years and years of biology of these things. Um, but if you, if you can get these cells to re the T cells to recognize it, so what you can do, and you alluded to that, so the idea is, is if I have a person who has, uh, let's say, you know, uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, mm -hmm. right? Usually it, it kids get this yeah. where it was discovered. Um, what I could do is I could take the T cells and, and, and acute lymphoblastic leukemia, if the, they're, if the cells, the leukemia-affected cells are expressing CD19, what I can do is I can take a patient's T cells out of them, right? And I, I can go into a lab then and then sort of, re-engineer those, those cells to express an, an anti-CD3 receptor, sort of like a, like a T cell receptor kind of thing. And then it's a chimera because for, in order for that binding to initiate sort of the, the, the cell death cascade that these cells are good for, there's a, the extracellular aspects, the extracellular domain has to bind to the CD19 on, on the cancer cell, but the intracellular part of it um, which ha you know has CD3 and CD28, these kind of kind of cofactors. That kind of stuff has to be there to start the intracellular cascade leading to cell death. So the chimera is sort of built by having a receptor part going outside the cell, but it's still connected to the. So it, it goes across the cell membrane. It it's a transmembrane kind of thing. So the, the chimera is built by putting putting bits and pieces of receptor kinds of things that are going to recognize something on the tumor but still start the intracellular cascade mm -hmm. and as the tech as the technology has gotten better there's all these subtleties all these modifications all these different kinds can be so you have this intracellular and extracellular thing that's linking on these t-cells so you get these cells out of a patient you can induce these um, cells to express, let's say- a, a, And that's a, where the chimera receptor. part comes That's the in. chimera part. And so we have, you take them out, you put it in, and then over a couple of weeks, you induce clonal expansion of these lymphocytes so that are outside the body. So they're allowed to replicate within the body. Well, not within the body. You're, what happens is you have these patients, you take out their T cells, right? And then you, the T cells go to a lab, mm -hmm. and they, over a couple of weeks, these cells are 
stimulated, they grow, and they make millions and millions and millions and millions of them. And then the patient who has, after the T cells have gone out, has gone some, some immunosuppressive therapy, um, have these clonally expanded you know, CAR T cells infused back into them. So, but these are like the infused CAR T cells, right? They have a, something new on them. They have a new type of receptor on them that's chimeric. How right. do you make that? How were you? Is it it's, done, it's done in the lab, and it's I, I believe it's done from some. Um, a, I think it's either you're basically putting the DNA to make these proteins into the cells, and then they express it, over and time. then they express it okay. over time, which is why it takes some time to do some clonal expansion. It's of these sort things. of like what we talked about last week with the hemophilia A therapy. Um, I don't know if they use an adenovirus. To I don't put think this they in. use an adenovirus for this, but I'm talking yeah. about like the idea of transferring DNA from this cell into that. It's yes. also a, there's, a, the right. there's a lot of uh, therapy that's based on this. Yeah, it's a pretty like common thing in science. Well, I wouldn't I say common. It's, it's, it's not a therapeutic common thing as much as you might think, but science-wise, the technology exists for human cells or other cells to take DNA, put it into cells, and have those cells express whatever proteins you want and whatever you're coded for. And so that, gotcha. that's what they do. That's what they do here in the lab. And then they grow these cells and they make millions and millions and millions of them, and then they infuse it back into the host. The idea is if you have appropriately engineered these that's the patient's own T cells to respond to the cases we're talking about, like cancer cells. And the, I guess one of the best examples was the acute lymphoblastic leukemia, um, is if you can get these cells to recognize the, the, the leukemic cells, these cancer cells, the, your own immune system, right, that you're putting these cells back into where they came from, so they're not going to be rejected as, as a transplant, um, will induce death of those cells. And that's pretty cool. So when you hear about CAR T, T cell therapy, in a sense, that's what they're talking about. And I just brought up acute um, lymphoblastic leukemia, um, which is a kind of like B cell tumor, bad cancer kind of thing that kids often get. Um, because some of the early successes using these CAR T cells were against that. So you had these kids and it, when they started, and, and it's one of the things that's happening is when you start these experimental programs, you just don't like, oh my God, you've got, you know, ALL, we're going to do CAR. So they, they basically- It takes a lot of time, well, a lot they, of well, research. They, well, they took kids who had failed um, or were, um, who, 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 who failed or say, were refractory to more common treatments for ALL mm -hmm. or that they uh, were not res like not responding or had um, had been treated and the cancer was coming back. So they even nowadays, in order to get into some of these therapies for the different kinds of things that um, it's treated for, it's people who are relapsing or people who so are refractory. So this isn't a first line It's not line a first line. It's also very expensive. Well, we're going to get that. Why is it so expensive, might you imagine? Mm -hmm. Why? I mean, a lot of it's just the pharmaceutical companies, I feel like. Because this is a very well, niche, it's a very niche thing. Well, the, the the list of potential cancers that are being treated by this it's are, also like very, yeah. are, are growing and growing. Um, it's expensive because from two, two uh, my mind, two things in a sort of simple way. Num number one is that the cells that you are engineering come out of the patients themselves. Mm -hmm. So it, it avoids the problem of like, tissue rejection or graft with host disease or anything like that. However, you've got to do these infusions, get these cells out, and then they got to be shipped to a lab, 
right? So the lab has to be ready. Everything has to be ready. And in the lab, they're, they're sort of engineered. They're tailored. It's right. It's like making a custom suit. <laughs> exactly. It's a very. It's bespoke by definition. Yeah. It's it's very very specific. Um, some people have called it. You're building like these um, living, you know, living medicine because you're engineering these these living cells, um, and then it takes a couple weeks to um, put that stuff in, clonally expand them, test them, get everything right, and then. On the other side, the patient has to be, while that's going on, remember, it's very, very sick, has to be going under, under all this treatment to suppress a little bit the immune system, and then they get this single infusion to come back in. So you have to take the people's cells out. You have to get them to the lab. It takes, I've seen estimates from anywhere like 400000 to a $1 million, depending on um, what's going on. So it is, it is very, very expensive to do. The future would be wonderful, and I know people are working this, is to try to get like um, off the shelf kind of things. Like if you could have like a, you know, people can take aspirin, but aspirin sort of generic. Could you get over the counter cancer over, therapy? Over the counter cancer therapy. If they, if, they, if they knew exactly what proteins were there, you know, the, that would reduce the cost. But right now, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, like yes, distant future well, stuff, you, you, you know, pharmaceutical well, gene you, therapy. I could tell you wanted to blame. Well, dude, you wanted to blame the pharmaceutical companies. The pharmaceutical <laughs> companies can say, well, this is very expensive. Well, I'm saying that's a lot of research of went into it. Right. They're going to say we're just trying to make our money back. And then you have the, the ethical debate of whether, you know, you could treat fewer people and make more money or treat more people caught charge less and then you know make more people's lives better theoretically and you know so it's an ethical debate it's a business debate you know they're in the business to help people but they're really in the business to make money and all that kind of stuff because that's how their executives get their you know bonuses and stuff and stock prices blah blah blah, blah. yeah but we're not that. getting into that so just the, the the methodology of that can be very expensive to put all that together right however it's not without consequences to the patient um, because if you're going to infuse a large amount of these uh, uh, CAR T cells, these therapies, sort of these natural born killers that are going to look, go after tumors, um, there's a, there, there, the body responds to that. It's not benign. Um, and that response is actually part of the, you know, in a sense, part of the therapy. And you have a trade off here. Do you try to treat some of these side effects, which can be very, very severe? And we'll come back and talk about what they are. Uh, we'll also talk about the, some of the variety of diseases that are being sort of targeted with that. We'll talk about some of the success and failures, but we're going to have to take a break for some underwriting announcements and we'll come back and do all those things. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Health 411 on 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all-new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. 107.7 The Bronc and 1077thebronc.com. Welcome back to Health 411. We're recording from the Digital Bronx Studios at Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Today, Dan and I are talking, or I guess I'm trying not to lecture. I'd rather talk. We're talking about <laughs> CAR T cells. And the idea that I described in the last segment is the idea that you can engineer a patient's immune cells to treat cancers. Um, and some of the success that started happening, I want to say about 10 years ago or so, was people use this, uh, this, this technology of creating these chimeric antigen receptors. 
that we descri- I hope I described well um, in the last segment to treat things like um, acute lymph- lymphoblastic leukemia, to treat things like um, it's mostly blood-based cancers, right? Well, initially it was blood-based based cancers because correct. that's where the T cells are; they're in the blood. Well, so the it t- makes sense. Correct, but that's not necessarily. Uh, I think why they were targeted that way. Okay. Because one one of the things is because even solid. I think the next, the future of CAR T cell therapy will be, and you're, I think this is what you're hinting at, will, will be getting. How do you treat solid tumors in addition to bloodborne? And so tumor? would that be like that would be like liver cancer, stomach cancer, something like that. Yeah, yeah breast cancer, yeah. uterine cancer, all blah 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 blah. Liver, you know, all that. Well. Um, uh, solid tumors uh, suffer or are a little bit different than cancerous cells that are sort of bloodborne. Um, uh, w- one big difference is that they're, they're, they're in one place, they're not moving around. Um, they're also masses, which some of them ha- are protected from the blood circulation. Not all the cells are exposed to the blood. And um, there's uh, this process of, of, of immunosuppression that takes place in solid tumors that, that the tumors have sort of a, a the evolution of tumor biology, these tumors have evolved ways to avoid the immune system. So it's harder to get like um, lymphocytes to- A lot of, a lot of cancer um, cells have like the same receptors as normal cells. And that's part of why it's so difficult to target yes, cancer cells. True, or like I, I tried, I uh, might not have said it well, or they learn to downregulate like MHC molecule, mm-hmm. MHC1. Some tumor cells can downregulate MHC1, which makes the immune system- that's one of the factors that the immune system right, needs. Right, MHC1 is like uh, specific to cancer cells. Uh, well, well, not necessarily. No, but. well, no, no. It's 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 a it's a pro, it's a it's a cancer or disease cells. One of the markers, the cofactors that are needed for the different cells of the immune system to bind to the cell and start whatever it's going to do. Um, and sometimes. I guess the word for it is it's 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 one of the tumor antigens. It's it's how it's one of the things that the, the immune system sort of needs. So, cancer cells have these localized immunosuppressive factors. They can hide from the immune system. So, solid cell tumors are sort of the future, and people are trying to figure it out. Some of the some of the early treatments with this CAR T therapy, you're right, were with bloodborne tumors because it's easier to get at them. They don't have this localized immunosuppression and stuff like that. Um, what people noticed, uh, which was sort of interestingly, is they would infuse, you know, mass, they get a single infusion. We're not talking about return chemotherapy, but a single infusion of these autologous or came from the, ho- came from the patient's um, own body, immune cells. And soon thereafter, after these infusion happened, the, the patients often ex- are often um, have fevers, chills, susceptibility to organ failure. There's this uh, a cytokine um, release response because what's happening is, is you have this massive activation of what the cells are supposed to do. They release a lot of cytokines. Some of those cytokines are pro-inflammatory. There's fever. Some of the some of the, these, these cytokine cascades can cause um, um, neurological symptoms that can be pretty severe. And when this first started happening. Um, you know, the physicians and the scientists doing this were faced with like, oh my God, our patients are having, you know, 
They, they run the risk of having organ failure, heart problems. And oh my God, do we treat these things? Do we let it go? We don't want to do something that's going to neutralize this therapy that we just started. And so people are still working out the details of it, but they're figuring out ways how to get the patients through sort of these cytokine storms, how to get them through these potential um, uh, neurotoxic episodes, um, and they do that now. Um, they use steroids for like the ste- well, inflammatory well, stuff well, as part of it. There's all different, the, you know, steroids are just derivatives of cholesterol, but specific ones, especially like glucocorticoids and um, prednisone, Dex- dexamethasone. dexamethasone, which is synthetic glucocorticoid. So they use some of these immunosuppressive glucocorticoid and um, I, I think some derivatives of uh, the progesterones too, but it's it, 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 they're able to tamper down some of these um, responses. Now, I don't know for sure, but I can imagine that some of those things is just natural biology happening. Part of it is because you've got this massive recognition of immune cells recognizing these cancer cells and you, st- you, know, you start activating and normally they generate all these cytokines anyway. You also have these cells dying Right? So they're going to generate like all the things that dying cells generate. And so the body responds to this and has these sort of storms of cytokines with you know, effects all over the body, um, which I mean, can be. Yeah, go ahead. So like another negative part of the therapy is that I read as the cancer progresses, as you get more sick, if you receive this therapy, the side effects are that much worse. Well, the other, but on the other because side of it, you're, you're calling it side effects. But if you, my, well, indicators re- my right reading working. of it is that if you, the people who don't respond to the therapy don't have what you're called, what we're calling side effects or don't have these potentially adverse consequences. It, it almost looks like it's almost a sign that this is, it's working. Yeah, I, I understand that. Right. I was just, I was just saying, but, um, it's also an issue with tumors. We, we know that tumors are different from person to person, obviously, but tumors can also get different within one's own body. They can differentiate. What do you mean? So let's say I, I have a cancer that metastasizes. The cancer in my lungs might not be the same as the cancer in my kidney, even though it came from the same source because of that differentiation. Well, those are those would be solid tumors. Well, for example. Right. That's so, like so, of, so right. A, a kidney cell can differentiate. Um, and metastasize and move from the kidney into the brain. And it might not long, no longer express the receptor right. that you want to target. They're, but they're, I don't think the technology is at that point now. I think the technology is how do we engineer these chimeric receptors, right, and, and, and create something that's going to target, a, a, the, the greatest successes have been in the bloodborne, um, like the leukemias and the lymphoma kind of things. Um, the, 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 the solid tumors are sort of the next generation. They have to overcome the immunosuppression. They also have to overcome some of the differentiation thing. The world isn't that, I don't think, I don't know. Well, they, they've don't done think, it on DIPG. They've done it on like brain cancer. They've used this therapy. And how did, how did, so tell me about so, this. I'm not familiar I'll, with this. I'll, I'll just read what the paper said. It says, after promising results from laboratory and animal-based studies, for instance, um, the Stanford group launched an NCI-supported clinical trial of CAR T-cell therapies that target a protein on solid tumors called B7H3. And so they investigated the use of the T-cell therapy also for DIPG. Um, how did it go? Let me see. So what you're talking about is the science of it. So what I was saying is scientists who have this basic paradigm of these chimeric receptors and they're working about how they work is as 
as the world, like I said, there's probably hundreds of these trials, experiments, and animals going on. People are looking for different ways to treat different kinds of tumors that have different biomarkers on them. So some sort of what's called like a tumor antigen, right? So it's not surprising that the scientists are trying to figure out how do we sort of use this kind of therapy to expand the repertoire of potential cancers that can be treated. There are hundreds of different kinds of, and the idea is let's work out these, but it's not just there, that, that receptor, like I said, has an extracellular part, intracellular part. There are cofactors that can increase or decrease the magnitude of the cytokine storm that they're doing. So the fact that they're investigating these things in animal models and are doing clinical trials. Remember, we talked about in other shows these phases of clinical trials. You know, you've got to get through phase one, which is just, you know, how sick is it going to make people? Phase two, is it does it have any efficacy at all? You know, and then you get to stage three. It's not until you get to stage four that it becomes globally available. And these things take years and years and years. So people are investigating these things, right? And if you went through the list of all the kinds of cancers that people are probably looking at CAR T therapy at, there's probably dozens and hundreds of clinical trials going on. It doesn't mean it's available for patients as of yet. Do you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The science is out there. And one of the big things they're trying to manage is this, the, the, not really side effects, but these markers that the therapy is actually doing that the cancer cells are dying. And that's in the U.S. Other countries are trying to do it too. You know, trying to get to the point where people in rural areas who are treated get the same kind of quality care as like a major medical center, mm -hmm. right? Or do you have, does, the med, does the medical center have to be near a pharmaceutical company where they're going to send these things off to and you're going to have like a, a lab or lab people dedicated for a couple of weeks to... Even the storage of, of this is relatively complicated. I think I think the one, what, the medicine started with the letter K. Do you remember what it said? Kim, Kim Raya, I think. It's called Kimria. Kimria. Kimria, Kim Kim whatever. It needs, that's, it needs to be stored at right. negative 120 degrees Celsius. Okay, that so is, you need the facilities for it. That's the trade name for one of the uh, FDA-approved... Um, mm -hmm. um, CAR-T therapies. Yeah, CAR-T therapies. And um, I, I forget the... I want to say Novartis, but I'm not sure about that. Was the company... I, I, it was Novartis. Okay. Yep, yep. Right. But that's just one of them. There, there, there are other ones out there that have done this. I'm sure... Uh, some big pharmaceutical companies have even spun off smaller subs, you know, smaller companies to sort of focus on this and build it out mm -hmm. without being in the confines of like huge, um, you, you know, big pharma kind of stuff. Um, but that's what they're working on. There's a lot of science going on behind this, but it's not. It, it, ha it hasn't made it from you know from bench to bedside. It hasn't quite made that transition yet. But it doesn't mean. But that's the next world. The next world is can we. Do solid tumors? Can we look at you know metastasized tumors? Um, but we want to come back and we'll talk a little bit more about CAR T therapies, not just the science fiction of where it could go, but where it is now. Um, at, on Health 411, after these brief underwriting announcements, you're listening to 1077 The Bronx and 1077 The Bronx. There's no appointment needed for this doctor's visit. Now back to the all new Health 411, underwritten by Capital Health Minds Advancing Medicine. 107.7 The Bronx and 1077 thebronccom Welcome back to Health 411. 
This is our fourth and final segment of today's conversation Dan and I are having about CAR T cells. And CAR T cells are these chimeric antigen receptor cells. And um, the way that they are built, the way the chimera is built, is you take a patient's uh, T cells out of them, you engineer them in the lab to express a, uh, a receptor for a protein, a C typically like a CD19 is the most common one, that is, would be on a cancer cell. You put the cells back into a patient, um, and there are some FDA-approved um, um, uh, meth brand names for doing this, but you put these cells back into the same patient from which they've came after, before they were clonally expand, and now these cells will recognize the tumor cell. They will in initiate death cascades of those cells and kill them. In the process of killing these cells and their uh, the, the clonal expansion of these cells in a patient's body. Um, there's sort of a cytokine storm. Um, so what are cytokines? Let's talk about that. Oh, okay. So cytokines are uh, chemicals that cells of the immune system primarily release um, when they are activated. Um, and they have names like interleukin-1, tumor necrosis factor, IL-6, IL-17, IL-18. Um, and these are the chemical communicators of, the, of cells of the immune system, right? And they can activate other immune cells. They can, they can influence what neurons are doing. They can act. So they're just chemical communicators that that's activated cells of the immune system make. And so during these huge uh, immune cascades that you initiate when you put these CAR T cells in, there are consequences to the, the physiology of the host. There are consequences to the nervous system of the host, which hopefully can be managed. A nice thing about CAR T therapy is, uh, my reading is it's usually one, one infusion session of these cells. Which is better than chemo, which is, how, how often do people normally get chemo? Probably, depending on the kind of chemo and the cancer, there's probably all these return episodes. I have to go to chemo every week, every two weeks, every month, yeah. every six months. But this is a one-shot deal. And the idea that these cells will last in the body, um, I think the clinical uh, improvement rates are pretty high. I've seen numbers from like 40 to 90%. Um, of the patients who get these things um, go into remission. I think the long-term rates are, are and, and remember, these are usually done now in people who are refractory or have relapsed um, bloodborne tumors. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're sort of failing, things are not working. I think that's part of the criteria to get you into one of these things now. Um, but so if you have people who are sort of the end of the treatment regimen and you can have great remission rates and you can have like, you know, not just clinical remission, but you you know, you, uh, you go out many, many years now. Some patients are actually, uh, I mean, it's dangerous to use the word, but cured. Um, mm -hmm. These things can sort of work. As we were saying in a previous segment, the technology isn't quite there for uh, solid tumors. Um, and it's very, very expensive because of the labor that goes into it. And the, I think one of the goals in the field would be create some sort of um, off-the-shelf gen generic treatment um, that would not have to be a person's own T-cells being taken out, genetically engineered, and put back in. How would you avoid the immune response then, like the, like like organ rejection? Well, that's that, that's part of the problem. Well, well right? that that's that. Well, not organ rejection, but rejection. You you don't want the tissue T cells rejection. tissue. You don't want the T cells to uh, be attacked by the immune system that's right. left. You don't want it to attack healthy cells. That is sort of one of one of the messages, and it because of a diversity of cancer cells that are out there, 
like I said, they're, they're, they're not that they're all different, but there are some differences. That's one of the things that you would hope um, things to be overcome. One of the sort of off the shelf approaches that I saw some re- that I saw some literature towards um, would be engineering the same sort of thing on another kind of cell type in the immune system called natural killer cells. So natural killer cells, as opposed to T cells, which are part of the sort of the adaptive, the specific immunity. I think natural killer cells are, are, are um, sort of an evolutionarily older, non-specific kind of thing that your body also has to kill tumor cells. And I know people are using the chimeric receptor kind of idea and technology for natural killer cells too, mm. right? How are they exactly different from the like the white blood cells or the T the the, the T cells that are using CAR well, T? Well, there were there were different there were different kind of cell. Yeah, um, but specifically, and, well, they 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 the, so NK cells are in that they, so they they are sort of a uh, they're not specific as, as specific for recognition as like T cells are for like recognizing certain proteins with antigen receptors. So they're, they're sort of more general. They're more Yeah, on... they're, they're, they're probably an evolutionarily older kind of cell. That it's an, but it's another branch of the immune system, mm-hmm. right, that, that's available to, to that your body has to attack tumors. I can also imagine, and I don't know if this has been done, but I'm sure smart people are doing it, um, is doing some sort of combination of the two. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could infuse both T cells and natural killer cells into people? One advantage oh, of that, okay. like you sort of, I didn't get I, what I was going towards with the, getting back to natural killer cells. One advantage of them, as my understanding is, is that they can be more off the shelf. So, you know, hospitals or pharmaceutical com- companies can make natural killer cells with with engineered receptors on them that you could buy off the shelf to sort of overcome the the, the problem in healthcare, especially in first world nations, that, you know, do you have to go to a, you know, a, a, a very large medical center in a large city to get treatment? What if you're somewhere else and you don't have that? Or do you have to be, you know, two blocks away from a pharma company that has a lab doing these things? It'd be nice to have sort of the medicine, the living medicine, um, uh, being able to be distributed to wherever it's needed so you don't have to be in a large medical setting. It also takes away some of the idea like only certain physicians can do it. You know, um, you know, when you look at this stuff and you see the breadth of diseases that are targeted and all the side effects, some patients actually go to the ICU as they're managing um, the side effects or biomarkers, whatever you want to call it. So it ends up being you need these huge teams of people of physicians, nurses who are trained, who know what's going on to do the kinds of therapies. That's not even talking about the, the lab people who have, who have to be in the lab engineering these T-cells. If there was an off-the-shelf treatment, whether it's natural killer cells, these chimeric um, antigen receptor T-cells, or therapies that could sort of make it more generic or broadly based, you can modify these proteins that have extracellular and intracellular domains to influence the magnitude of these responses. And I know they're doing that, trying to tone down some of the cytokine cascades that are happening. Yeah, I feel like you could also use this in conjunction with more like general chemotherapy or like radiation treatment. Well, that's tricky too, because you don't want the treatment to be killing the therapy that you're doing. Oh, so that is also a concern. That oh, radiation well, could kill the could kill well, the think of, think T cells. I if I was doing this, yeah, yeah it's a big concern because these are your own body cells that have been put back in. And if you give people like a nasty chemotherapeutic agent, 
Um, I, like I first came, when I first started reading about this 10 years ago, I was doing experiments with cyclophosphamide. And cyclophosphamide is one of the immunosuppressive drugs that are used to knock down a patient's immune system, um, often after they've donated their T cells to sort of tamper it down before they get the infusion. And I was like, oh my God, this is like sort of cool what's going on. But anyway, the idea is that drug would kill these cells that you've put in. Radiation. These are like nonspecific kinds of cytotoxic things that are going to kill. So. If you're doing this, you have to be really, really careful that what you're using either to manage the patient doesn't stop the treatment from working. Um, so that's, that's a really good point you bring up, Dan. Um, I wonder if, you know, uh, do, you know, would the success rates go up if you didn't wait until patients were refractory or were having yeah, like re if this re was relapsing? A first, if, a first line if it was a more first-line treatment, well, how could you make it a more first-line treatment? It would have to be less expensive yeah. kind of thing. Because it's like one infusion, right? Um, uh, I think that's something that hopefully physicians are looking at. I, th I like the idea of combining like maybe a chimeric antigen receptor T-cell therapy with some sort of like chimeric you know, NK cell therapy or combinations of, of different kinds of therapies are out there. There's a whole world of anti like maybe radiation, antibody. radiation before the infusion so it doesn't kill the infusion cells. Do you think that could possibly? Um, possibly. Yeah, they're probably doing they're probably doing things like that. It's also I, uh, I read this in the article that okay. um, for non Hodgkin's lymphoma, the T cell therapy is more effective than the strain that can be more effective than the standard treatment. That was two large clinical trials. So yeah. that's, that shows like a part of its evolution, you know, how it's how it started as a sort of a, I don't want to say like last line of defense, but something more down the line. Well, part of that is, is the patient populations to be eligible for these huge, expensive things to get. I, mean, I hate to say this insurance company approval yeah. to have these kinds of things. You've got to prove to the insurance company you're sort of at the end of the line of conventional therapies. Mm -hmm. That you're, you know, without without this treatment, you're going to die. Why else would an insurance company invest just to pick a number five hundred thousand um, dollars in a single patient? Yeah, it's not a good business model because, you know, in the lifetime of how many patients do they invest like five hundred thousand dollars in insurance? I mean, you know, I don't, I don't you know, I'll probably, but it's it's expensive. So you don't want that kind of expensive thing to be the first line therapy. I hate to say that, but the economic part of it. Yeah, that so, it's, so, it is so, a factor. It so is a they, factor. They wait until it's sort of the, you're at the end of your line, you know. And it's a lot of these things is treated and as children too, you know. Um, but if you had an adult, is it worth spending? I'm going to just put the number five hundred thousand dollars for a sixty-five year old person. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's it's horrible to talk it's about a sad the, thing eth to say, the ethics of that. Yes, if if it's your grandfather, you want that person saved. You would like that person cured. But the there's an economic decision make is an economic variable in that in that equation as well i mean hopefully as this gets more advanced that will sort of go away a little wouldn't bit. it be great if the off cost the shelf which Advil. is why <laughs> off the shelf stuff uh, would be and i know there's companies doing it there's probably it's like a great a great it's a great future. So when you see CAR T cell therapy, it's a therapy where they're, they're building these chimeric receptors for tumor cells or disease cells and there's a huge um, uh, probably hundreds of trials going on, lots of experiments. It's expanding. It's 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 actually sort of cool, and I'm hoping in our lifetime, Dan, uh, it'd be really neat if this was more off the shelf and more available therapy for everybody. 
Um, unfortunately, we're running out of time again at the end of this program. Uh, this is 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Thank you for listening to Health 411. This program is part of Capital Health and Rider University efforts to bring people together to address issues associated with all aspects of health and healthcare. We hope today's conversation about car T's, um, CAR-T therapy is giving you things to think about or ponder so you're not afraid of it if you see it in the news. Um, if you have questions and or comments about this program or to make suggestions for future broadcasts, please email us at help411 at rider.edu. Remember, you have a doctor's appointment scheduled for every Sunday at 10 a.m. Don't miss the all-new Health 411 with Dr. Jonathan Karp and our expert medical guest from Capital Health. You can listen to Health 411 anytime on demand. Go to 1077thebronc.com slash health411 to listen to past episodes or tune in every Thursday at 9 a.m. to hear the weekend rewind edition of Health 411. Health 411 on 1077 The Bronc is underwritten by Capital Health, Minds Advancing Medicine. Capital Health is the region's leader in providing progressive quality patient care with exceptional physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as advanced technology.